You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm thrilled to be welcoming Anne Hill. Anne has had the desire to help others for as long as she can remember. She spent over 15 years in the physical therapy field where she thrived at managing the operations side of the business, along with supporting multiple other rehabilitation managers in the area. She quickly realized how much of a correlation there was between the health of a person and the health of a business. Anne went on to create Hilltop Virtual Solutions, an agency dedicated to fine-tuning and streamlining the way companies run. As she became more familiar with the online space, Anne noticed business owners needed guidance and a sounding board for their entrepreneurial vision. She received her Director of Operations Certificate and discovered the perfect way to match her expertise with the services her clients needed. Hilltop Virtual Solutions covers it all, from hiring and training new employees to establishing a solid and long-lasting foundation. Welcome, Anne. Thank you for joining us today. You have had the teamwork, support, and assistance desire for a very long time, and that eventually drew you into the entrepreneurial world. To start us off, can you give us a bit of background? What got you started? Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me today. And um, yeah, I started my business a couple years ago, but even prior to starting my business, I um, worked as a rehab manager. So I frequently was in a role where I was you know, building a team around me and, and just really helping to support and provide service for others um, in really all that I did. Uh, so, um, but then even when I started my business, I found that I um, just continued to appreciate and enjoy what it was that um, service providers could do and how they could help others. That's pretty awesome. So can you walk us through a couple of the services that you offer in Hilltop? Yeah. So right now I work in an operations capacity. And so what I do is I help business owners really get the back end of their business in a a solid foundational place so they can continue to grow. So it can look like ongoing operations support where we'll help, um, you know, monthly really management of a team and help with the day-to-day operations, get their processes streamlined um, and really dive into to the heart of, of helping manage a team. Um, and then I also work with in a project capacity with people and primarily agency owners, but I've done it with other coaches as well that have team members um, in building their systems and building their um, their back into their business, essentially, as they are growing and as they are continuing to expand their team and the services that they're providing for others. Um, I find that it gets a little confusing sometimes when people are trying to grow and bring on a team member and still have that solid consistency of the service that they're providing. So they want to make sure that the businesses and the, um, well, actually really the business owner wants to make sure that the clients that they are servicing are still receiving that phenomenal work that the business owner always was providing before. So as they're bringing on a team member, the way to do that is to have some of those structures the structure and the systems in place so that they can then grow their team and still provide the service that they want to be providing for their clients. 
makes a lot of sense. It's actually pretty hard in a way to feel like you're taking your eye off the ball, which is the client focus and the business that you're trying to deliver at the same time as trying to get your internal focus up to speed and do both really, really well. And for the longer term success, it makes a lot of sense to focus internally and get that done really, really well because it can take some of the stress and strain and productivity off of yourself so that whoever the business owner is can run faster, further forward. But, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to do both at the same time and do them both well. So in order to take some of that process from your clients, you probably have to get them comfortable delegating. Um, So (laughs) how does one actually go about that process of, of getting people happy to say, okay, I'll leave it to you? So that in and of itself is probably at the heart of where most businesses have the biggest problem and challenge, at least small business owners that I have have come across. Um, one thing that plays a role in that is being comfortable letting go. Um, mm. If you are, if you are known as, as a control freak, which sometimes I am that type of person. So um, if you are known as being a little bit of that control freak, it's hard to feel comfortable that somebody else can do a great job. Um, one thing that I like to look at when I'm working with businesses is, um, you know, really breaking down what are the different things that are taking the time of the business owner? What are things that could potentially be delegated? If they don't have anybody that they have hired on yet, and they're just starting to delegate, then we always start with things that are not necessarily as, um, like detrimental if it's done wrong. (laughs) So, you know, start with some of the, what they would classify as lower level tasks and expect people to make mistakes and be okay that they make mistakes because that's how they're going to learn. So we don't think that people are going to be perfect right off the bat. And it's, it's getting used to that understanding and mindset also um, that, that when I bring on a team member, I'm going to do my best to train them, but I'm also going to understand that they're not going to be perfect. And I shouldn't expect them to be perfect right off the bat. I should expect um, them to need to have a little bit of an, a growing time where they're learning about my business. They're learning how I operate. They're learning how I like to be communicated to. I'm learning the same about them, though. I'm learning how they like to be communicated to. I'm learning how we can work together. Um, and so there is a little bit of a, a, a phase there that is is that learning side of it. Um, and And then the second part that comes with delegating is really allowing the other person to start having some of those decision-making capabilities and not Mm -hmm. having to constantly come back to me asking all of the questions. So I want to, when I'm delegating something out, it's not just a task that I need them to do and then come back and check with me before you move on, because that hasn't actually helped me at all. I'm still getting stuck in a lot of that deciding side of it. And then I'm getting overwhelmed and feeling like, why am I wasting all my time here when it was quicker if I just did it myself? I did the task. I decided I did everything. Well, that's not helping me grow overall, though. So you really want to start to give that team member and that other person that you're delegating to a little bit of that authority to own the task and, and let them learn how you want it done 
and let them start to do it in the way that gets you the same outcome, but may not be exactly step one, step two, step three, the way that I would do it. Right. Makes a lot of sense. So do you find um, that the personality of the client has quite a big bearing on the success of the process? Are there certain types of people that handle the transition better than others? Well, yeah, I, yes, definitely. And like I mentioned, sometimes there are the, the type of people like me a little bit that are more of those control freaks. And um, we have a harder time letting go, but ultimately we're just getting in our own way. So the quicker that people are willing to see the big picture and see some of that ability to let go, um, the quicker they'll move through that and, and really get that team built with them. Um, now, the ability to delegate in and of itself is one part of building a team, but there's also a side of making sure that you actually have a great culture and the great value fit between you and that other team member too. So, um, so it's not all just about, you know, making sure that somebody has the ability to do the task. It's also making sure that they are the right fit for you and your business as a whole too. Makes a lot of sense. So that, um, culture actually comes into a certain extent. How do you work with a client and get them comfortable when they're on the other side of the spectrum and they, they're the kind that actually abdicates the task and expects it just miraculously to come back exactly perfectly the way they pictured that it should be. Have you had clients like those? Um, I mean, I definitely have had clients that have been, um, I guess more like me, a little bit of the control freak in there. Um, and, and I do find that it's a slower process. Um, but there, there is a need for building that, um, that trust in each other. There's a need for building that understanding of where their ultimate vision is and where they're trying to get to and how I fit in that equation, or maybe how I don't fit in that equation. There have been some clients in the past that I've worked with for a short period of time. And we came to the conclusion that it just wasn't a good fit for the two of us, not because there was anything wrong with what either of us had to offer or what we did. It just, we didn't have that right alignment in the the culture and the values. And it just wasn't a good fit. There was somebody else that had my same service skill set that could help that person in a better way than I could. Yeah, makes a lot of sense because these things at the end of the day, it, we we people and it's a personality fit and a culture fit that is going to be beneficial to the business. And yes. in your case, you probably have to flex to suit quite a lot of different cultures depending on the particular client and the team members that you're putting in place to work with that client. So I would suggest, but please correct me if I'm wrong, that one of the best ways of helping the client is when they're able to identify their particular zone of genius and delegate the other tasks so that it kind of supports them and springboards them forward. Now, how does one assist a client to identify their zone of genius? Do you have a particular way of helping them? That That's a great question. Um, so one thing that is a one way, I guess, that I help with that is that I'll look at what is ultimately, what is the business making money with? Um, I mean, 
typically service providers go into business because they have a passion for what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that original skill and that original, you know, first few things that the the services that the that business owner offered tend to be what that zone of genius is. Doesn't mean it's always the case, but for the most part, I would say what the service that the business offers tends to be what that zone of genius is for that business owner. Um, And so then it's looking at that and saying, what doesn't help you continue to do more of this or what doesn't help you um, to be able to grow to the vision of where you see this business going Um, and looking at those two things and seeing what can start to be taken off of the business owner's plate that don't fit in those two categories. Makes a lot of sense. And as you say, potentially start with the low-hanging fruit, the things that the person either, I would I would guess, something that people really dislike doing. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I hate doing the invoicing or whatever the case may be. And uh, take that off their plate or something that really isn't contributing to the process or that could could streamline their business is probably an awesome place to start. So you obviously assist clients in recruiting people. Now, that is quite a challenging task at the best of times, even when you're recruiting people for yourself. Are there particular things that you find are beneficial to either ascertain in the process and make sure those are in place? Or how do you set them up for success with their new team members? And I mean, from both both sides, the person coming in new as well as the, the business owner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There are things that we want to look at when um, when I, if, if I'm assisting the business in, in that hiring process, or even if I'm just providing some, you know, some, some suggestions or tools for them. Uh, I like some of the different assessments that, um, people will classify as like personality assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the Colby assessment, the, the disc assessment. Those are some of the ones that I have done in the past, both myself, and then also done, with, in all honesty, I've done it with some of my clients and some of the people that we've brought on board. Um, yeah, but we'll, awesome. we will ask for some of those things um, pre-hiring so that we can gauge what are some of the skill sets that this person has or just where are some of their strengths um, and where are some of their, their weaknesses and how do those complement either other team members on the team that they'll be working closely with or how do they complement the, bon- the business owner themselves and um, and then we also will look at seeing when we're setting up that, I guess, plan for the person coming on board, um, really looking at that experience of the onboarding of a team member, just like we would the onboarding of a client. A lot of times people will want to have this great experience for clients, but then they forget about the team member and just kind of throw them to the wolves when when they bring them on. Um, just because they don't have time or they haven't thought through the whole process of what it looks like, or the team member doesn't have access to the tools that they need um, and that sort of thing. Well, we would never want to have that be the first experience that a client had with us. So we want to try to look at what is that process and experience that the the team member is going to have as well. Um, and, you know, pre-owning my own business, I worked more in that, you know, corporate atmosphere. And, you know, we had the 
the 30, 60, 90 day goals that we had for mm-hmm. new hires. You had your new hire orientation, all of those sort of things. Um, they weren't always the best with the businesses that I worked with, but they still had the structure there. <laughs> so, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> and that structure, in all honesty, no matter what size your business is, you still want to mimic some of that same structure of having, you know, having a goal and having uh, an orientation process and having um, an outcome that you are expecting that new hiree to meet 30 days out and 60 days out and 90 days out. So that that person can know, am I successful at my job or not? And also you can know as the business owner, am I successful in my my new role or not? Um, so there there is definitely more that goes to that, you know, culture fit and that experience and everything for a new team member than just do I do I like the person? <laughs> like so no, that you can so have true. you can have solid information and you know, look at some numbers, look at metrics to see are we meeting our goals or not? So I wouldn't be surprised if that disciplined process is actually beneficial in, in these companies from another perspective too, because entrepreneurs are tend to be fairly driven individuals. They have to be, or they wouldn't yeah. succeed. But at the same time, without a structure, I wouldn't be surprised if they are expecting their team members to be wizards in the process. And, yeah. Know, I, and I have found that, I mean, even when I first started working in businesses, I found um, that business owners didn't necessarily know how to teach somebody else what they needed them to do, um, nor did they really know what they needed to make sure they had access to. Um, it was mm-hmm. I, when I first started, I actually was working in where I would classify as more of a general VA capacity um, and then definitely have grown and expanded since then. But when I started my, even my first client that I had ever worked with, like she didn't necessarily know how to instruct me in, in anything. Um, so I had to learn her business. I had to tell her what I needed access to. I needed to follow up with her many times. And, and then I can see where, when people have those first, you know, hire those first couple of hires that they bring onto their team, especially if it was a solopreneur before, um, you know, they're like, oh, well, I, it wasn't a right fit or I haven't had good mm-hmm. experience with this because if I wouldn't have pursued, like, how can I be successful for you? She wasn't, she just didn't know enough to know that she yeah. needed to provide more insight for me. And it wasn't that, again, it wasn't that it, she was in the wrong. It just was that she didn't know enough yeah. of where she needed the support and how she needed the support that I ended up in some ways pursuing more of that, like, Hey, we need to get this structure put in place (laughs) so that we have it here. (laughs) So, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very valuable because I mean, as a, as a business owner, one doesn't know what you don't know. And it, it can be really beneficial to have someone just ask the right questions or give you the right suggestions so that you can actually think about these things and, I wouldn't be surprised if in some, uh, in the case with some of your clients, you've got to slow them down fast enough to get an answer out of them I yeah. mean, for long enough. <laughs> so. Yeah. And there definitely are times where, where it's that sort of thing too. It's, you know, I I may have, at least for now, I'll, I'll build out, you know, an idea of where I think they want the you know, new hire to be. And they, um, they're like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. Or, you know, <laughs> I'll give them some suggestions with stuff and they're like, oh yeah, 
we probably need to do that first, don't we? So. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. So do you assist some of these clients to build a multiple person team? And how do you, is, is bringing on the second or third person any different to bringing on the first one that assists them? It definitely is different. Um, partly when you bring on one person, um, a lot of times when it's a solopreneur and just one person, what I see is that people figure out how they can communicate back and forth. They figure out who's going to do what and who's responsible for what. And there's a good understanding because it's just the two of them. Um, But the way that they are communicating with just the two of them, they don't necessarily think, what does this mean as we bring on a third person, a fourth person, a fifth person, Mm. and who else would need to know about this as well as we grow or this information or this task, who else would need to know what's going on here? So as soon as you get to more than just the two people in the business, that's really where I find that um, a lot more structure is needed when it comes to the growth. It's And you're looking at communication tools, you're looking at project management tools. If they haven't been put in place before, it's a time when you get that sec- that third, that fourth, that fifth hire, where you're really needing to have some of these extra tools and resources there so that multiple people can see what's going on, what the status of a task is, what the communication has been between, you know, a client and the team member or what the business owner is expecting and due dates for when things are due. They're just, there's more hands in the pot. So you have to have a lot more structure around how things are being done. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. More discipline because you can all be talking to each other all the time because, I mean, that's not spreading the workload. That's not getting three, four, five, ten people's fingers in right. the same process. Which right. Is- you want to make sure you know who's responsible, who owns the task, when it's supposed to be done, and um, what the outcome is that you're expecting of that. Yeah. And so as the business owner, those are some of the big things that you want to make sure you know, but then you also want to make sure that there's time um, built in and kind of some buffer time for when things don't go completely right with your yeah, when, when you're setting up these timelines of when things are due and when projects need to be completed and that sort of thing. So how does one assist a client to figure out what is or is not working in their business as they go through these processes? Because that's possibly a big area that you make an enormous contribution. It, yeah, it can be, and it can have a big um, impact on just in general, how happy the business owner is with their business and how much they enjoy what they do. Mm. Um, When they're seeing processes that are continuing to get bottlenecked in certain areas, it usually means something isn't going right. Um, And whether it's because of the business owner or whether it's because of a team member or whether it's a lack of education on a process and how it's working or whether it's even that the process in and of itself needs to be revamped because it's not working the way that it is. Um, Sometimes that's, you know, what the case is with it. Um, But it's looking at where are things continuing to get bottlenecked and what's the biggest um, really the biggest issue, the biggest bottleneck, where is it at? And, and how can we start to improve that? The biggest ones tend to start to have impact on other areas of the business as well. So you start to see other, a trickle down effect of when you really are fixing one area, all of a sudden you're starting to notice some 
of the impact that it has on other places too. Yeah, get one out the way and then the other ones reveal themselves. Because and if you start to take on too much at one time, you really have a hard time in really narrowing down where the issue was. Right. Right. It, it, it kind of becomes like a, like a river splitting into a couple of tributaries. It's now going in too many directions simultaneously. And yeah. Yeah. And it also makes it hard to know, well, did, did it actually work to fix it or not? Or did we just cause more issues out of it? So. Oh yeah. You, you don't want to go in that direction. <laughs> oh yeah. So do you find that you have to support some of the clients on the opposite side of um, determining how to separate with some of their team members or to just change? Because, I mean, let's face it, businesses change over time. And sometimes the resource for day one to three is not the right person or in the right role for the future. So do you get involved with assisting clients to change as time goes on? Yeah. And I've definitely had conversations with business owners of, um, you know, looking at the vision of where they want to be, making sure that the team is understanding the vision of where the business is heading. And then also looking at that and seeing, um, is there anybody on the team that might be a great um, resource or would they be able to grow into this new role and this mm. uh, or added, you know, responsibility onto what they're doing? Or is it something where they need a new team member or is it something where um, like just to fill another hat or is it something where potentially the team that they have just isn't necessarily the right fit for the new place they're at or trying to get to. Um, So, I mean, I think that one of the complexities and one of the joys of small businesses is that they are constantly evolving. I don't think that they really stay at least as a good business typically is growing um, it's in some way, shape or form, um, whether that's in revenue or whether that's in service or, you know, there's, there's a growth in some way, shape or form with that business. And so the understanding that it is going to constantly be evolving, I think is a, the fun part of what we do. So. No, so true. <laughs> and it takes a particular kind of person to enjoy smaller businesses because the the traditional formal hierarchical career progression doesn't exist in a small business, nor should you expect it to exist because the structure's not always there. <laughs> well, right. I think I think it does, but it doesn't exist. I think it does exist, but it's it's with one person wearing potentially six hats instead six of hats. it being six different team members. Um, but I, the overall structure of a business, whether it's a Fortune 500 business or whether it's a two-person business, the structure ultimately, in order for it to be successful, really needs to be the same, like an organizational structure of it. But it's just that you have multiple people filling multiple roles in a large corporation and you have potentially one person wearing the sales hat, the marketing hat, the CEO hat, the, you know, the fulfillment hat, like they're filling everything. Um, so you have multiple people filling those hats instead of it being, you know, a team of 50 <laughs> that's right. filling the marketing department. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. And it, it becomes a lot harder as well in the mind of the individuals to figure out, well, 
when am I wearing my marketing hat versus right. when am I wearing my supply chain hat or my <laughs> customer yeah. service hat, whatever it, it might yeah. be. So um, certainly in my experience, I've seen a lot of challenges in people accepting and understanding how to separate the roles when they are starting to get too busy or. Uh, yeah. You know. And some of the separating of the roles is where you look at um, different fits for different team members. So like, as you are starting to bring on people where, where, you, where can you get some support? And, and a lot of times that ends up being in a little bit of that kind of administrative role initially um, yes. for businesses. Yeah, and then from there, it tends to go a little bit more in the marketing side. And then it tends to go into a little bit more of the fulfillment side after that is what I noticed in the growth. interesting progression. Very, very yeah. interesting progression. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So you must have had along the way significant challenges in either your own business or in assisting clients' businesses to just trigger and unlock their growth. Do you have any particular tricks, secrets, suggestions on how to make that process successful? Uh, I would say consistency is one thing that is probably the top, um, most challenging, but most rewarding side of being successful in your business. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, are there particular characteristics then that make certain people or certain entrepreneurs more successful where others really do seem to struggle? I mean, we see a lot of entrepreneurs that start phenomenal businesses and they're doing really, really well, but they do also seem to struggle and others just somehow get it and it's less difficult. I would say one, one thing that contributes to that is um, knowing that what you are offering is, um, is something that people are interested in. Uh, first of all, so making sure there is, you know, a market for what you offer and what you do. Um, the another part of that would also come with the people that I see that are that move through quick more quickly in being at that successful place um, are quick action takers. Mm. And I think that comes with some of the consistency that they they aren't necessarily afraid of of the failure they just know they need to take action on it um and they need to continue to move forward even if even if it makes them a little uncomfortable um so you know if that means you know starting to have um you know outreach and connecting with people on the sales side then they start doing it they figure out through the process what is working and what isn't working what's talking to their audience, what isn't talking to their audience. And so then they're seeing in that, that the, the action they're taking, they're seeing some of the outcomes. And so that's where they're seeing the consistency pay off mm. <laughs> with it. But um, they're, they're definitely more of the quick action takers, I would say. Very interesting. And I would think that is probably where they get their comfort from is that certain things are working. So even if they're getting failure or rejection in certain areas, at least they're seeing something succeed. And yeah. they're the type of people that can go with a, a blend of success. And then they start to do more of what's working. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, 
So in terms of the the success of businesses, do you find that some are are inclined to drive the business to a certain point and then lose interest? Or is that where you find that you can support them in delegating to others so that the the chase the squirrel um, personalities can move on to their next squirrel? I do see that. Um, yeah. So I do. I definitely do see that. Sometimes it is because of burnout where they have just been the one doing too much. And so they just get burnout in, in what it is. And that passion that they originally had just isn't there anymore. Um, or they may feel like the business isn't quite giving them what it is that they, you know, set out to start a business for. Um, a lot of people want that freedom. They want that flexibility. They want that time. Um, and there's, there's a time when, when that a business does provide that, but there's definitely a time when, um, when there needs to be a little bit more of a focus on the business to get it going um, initially. Um, I think that it, it's kind of a balance that you don't want to burn yourself out in your business, but you also do need to understand that, that you need to put in a little bit of time and energy to really get it going. You also need to be 100% uh, sold on what your vision is for your business. Um, mm. that can evolve, but I think you always need to have kind of a three year to five year plan and goal for where you're trying to get your business to ultimately, what do you want to be known for? What do you want your business to be known for? And that needs to kind of, that needs to always be your guiding light for the decisions you're making and where you're trying to get to, um, in your business. And I think that helps people keep that passion and and want to keep moving towards that. Yeah, and get through the hard times because, yeah. let's face it, there, there are a lot of hard times in business, a lot of frustration, a lot of <laughs> that if didn't you, work, it's challenging. <laughs> I think it's also important to take some time uh, away from the business too, though. Even when you feel like you don't have the ability to do that, you really need to give yourself time to, to regenerate. You need to give yourself time to step away and look at it from more of a, a, you know, an overhead image of it and looking down on your business a little bit more instead of just being in it all the time, it, because it can be very daunting if you're never stepping out and stepping mm -hmm. away from it. Yeah. Which, which in itself can be really hard if that business isn't generating enough income or it's just, you feel like it's just on the cusp of some kind of success or breakthrough. It can be really hard to step away from the business and accept that the space is actually going to bring you back energized and you probably achieve faster than if you stayed and got burnt out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And also I, another um, aspect of that too, I think that comes into play is getting an outside perspective. Um, mm. Whether that is necessarily your, um, like if you hire a coach that you want to work with long-term or whether that's, you know, talking to a consultant on just a, you know, 90 minute strategy session or something like that. But if there's something that is that where you're feeling frustrated or you're feeling like there's an area that is, is making you stuck, and you just can't get out of it, even doing just some of those consult type sessions can be extremely helpful in just helping you get over that hurdle and move on to that next level. 
Yeah, fresh perspective, just another set of eyes, some, yeah. somebody to ask you the stupid question, as I always right, refer right. to it. You know, <laughs> Can I ask you a stupid question, which will very often stop the person and and think through what, what it is, <laughs> almost look at it from outside of the process that you, that you stopped. Yeah, with. yeah, definitely. <laughs> We've certainly covered quite a lot. And I mean, certainly your support services are very valuable in being almost the backbone or the ignition engine to the success of these entrepreneurial businesses is, is very much what it sounds like. So if people want to contact you or learn more about the services you offer or just actually, um, you know, engage in some of your pearls of wisdom and experience, how do people get hold of you? Yeah, so my website is uh, hilltopvirtualsolutions.com. And then also you can find me on LinkedIn. That is the social media platform that I spend most of my time on. That is phenomenal. And I will link that up in, on the show notes page so that people can get hold of you if they happen to be listening. And this has sparked some awesome ideas of just exactly where people need to invest to move forward. And even that, the thought process in, in knowing you've got to spend money to get support to actually do better is a challenge as well. So, yeah, yeah, you. it can be challenging too sometimes <laughs> absolutely so thanks very much and thanks for joining us today very much appreciated the the different perspective that you you bring to how companies can actually grow and the awesome experience that you already have that we can all benefit from thank you very much for having me have an awesome afternoon the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, the 5F strategy, bottom line growth in any economy without additional sales and marketing. And download the financial growth scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook. <laughs>